and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark, and my returning guest for this episode, the co-creator of Cockney Kung Fu, Tony Osmond is a movie star, no relation, uh, Atomic Hercules, and many more. And he will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. It's Tony Esmond. Welcome, Tony. Hello, man. How are you doing? That was good, actually, because I, I sent you a picture, didn't I? You recognised it immediately. I went to Port Merion on holiday where I was reading this, and we were swapping notes about it, and uh, I took a picture of the book in front of the, the Green Dome from The Prisoner. I yeah. was going to say, yes, I saw your picture, because uh, you don't you know, you know don't post too many stuff on, on social media, but you yeah. uh, were reading this particular book um, on holiday in The Prisoner's Village, no less. Yeah, it's a great it's a great place to read and you know write stuff because it's uh, the internet's really rubbish. <laughs> so it's, it's quite nice. It's quite refreshing actually. Yeah, I was there myself a couple of years ago on holiday. It's oh, fantastic, nice. isn't it? It's just oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah it really is. Yeah, we got a, a, a crack in because the whole town is a hotel. The whole village is a hotel. Yeah, and um, we got a great little um, suite above above the shops, which but it looked out on the chest the chess board and all right. that sort of thing yeah yeah really good it's yeah. absolutely amazing place yes but the prisoner yeah. that's a great t- i mean what a tv show yeah amazing show i tried to read the titan comic not quite as good i'm right. gonna say yeah uh you've probably <laughs> got the kirby hardback for his yes. artwork somewhere near you at the moment i can see mine over I have. there yeah it's good really good yeah very exciting yeah, yeah. we covered the prisoner on, on my other podcast british invaders that i do uh, about tv science fiction um yeah. Oh, I don't think I've heard that one. Oh, oh I'll right. give that a go. Yeah, okay. uh, well, yeah. I'll send you a link. But anyway, yes, Real. The Prisoner, what a great show. And you, there you were in the village. So there you were reading. What were you reading this time for us, Tony? Well, I was reading Rock the God, which is the sequel to um, Rock of the Reds, which is a book we talked about previously. Yeah. Yes, so go back to episode 93 of Mega City Book Club and you'll find us talking about that. Uh, so this is fairly hot off the press at the moment from Red Rock Comics. What, just in the last month or so, isn't it? It's come out. Yeah, yeah, it came out through a Kickstarter. Yeah, good timely delivery of it and everything. Yeah, it's good stuff. So John Wagner, Alan Grant, Dan Cornwell uh, on art, colours by Abby Bulmer and Jim Boswell, lettered by Jim Campbell. Um, so we talked about this weird but wonderful combination of science fiction and football. <laughs> last yeah, time Tony yeah and both declared that we, we weren't really big football comic fans but yeah. this has kind of drawn us in I think absolutely so what happens give us a quick sort of like synopsis of where Rock the God finds the character and what happens to him sort of during the book okay so uh, the quick the quick summary of what has happened previously so um, just to lead into that so Rock's an alien from a planet called Arcady I'm going to say it's pronounced yeah um, he's on the run he's got a number of powers um, as an alien and as like all aliens in comics and TV, he is also royalty. I don't think you will ever meet an alien they don't turn out to be royalty. <laughs> a space princess. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he's on the run and lands on Earth and he's being chased. Um, at, at the start of the book, he's kind of a bit of a villain. You kind of, he's not, you don't warm to him immediately, but he kind of gets taken in by, he, he, so he takes over the life of a footballer called Carl Dixon, who's a bit of a typical cliched annoying lazy drunk footballer yes always getting in fights and crashing cars drunkenly and stuff like that and he gets um he takes over him he miniaturizes kyle and he takes over his life and shapeshifts into into kyle and begins to play football begins to be really good at it and begins to really enjoy it and the team um rochester reds i think they're called aren't they is that right the rochester rovers yeah i think uh, radford yeah. reds radford reds pardon yeah. me sorry yeah uh yeah rochester's a real place <laughs> yeah the 
he, he really he really begin they really begin to rise up the league and and we kind of get get his travel through and it's it's a bit like the Roy the Rovers where they 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 get on the way to the FA Cup aren't they it's a yes. bit like that sort yeah of yeah so the second volume came out and I backed it and I think initially they put out John and Dan who I think kind of mostly run it don't they I think I think the, so yes they put out the first issue as a sort of special you could get a sort of signed version of it which i bought i bought from their site and uh, was nice but that starts virtually straight away after the first book but he is visited isn't he he's visited by an uncle he's got this sort of galactic uncle who's also got powers yes and he visits him and um he pauses everything and he says your mother's dying you've got to come back to arcady is and his mother is also the queen obviously yeah um he gets back into the spaceship but miniature kyle and also a referee a sort of corrupt referee that um, rock had miniaturized as well escape and it becomes almost like a two-pronged story doesn't it It becomes about rock but it also becomes about those two yes absolutely so you've got rock going back has to go back to sort out space stuff back on his planet doesn't he yeah um yeah. and then you've got the kyle and the referee as miniature versions sort of like uh escaped trying to get back to their lives but then getting captured and there's course, a real land of the giants thing where they get attacked by an owl or something don't they it's, that sort of thing it's yeah. great stuff isn't it and there's also because you know uh, i think john's had a and alan have perhaps had a thing about miniaturized characters because they did that banzai battalion for 2000 ad and stuff oh, like right. that okay um there is that land of the giants feel to it isn't there you know yeah um, yeah. And they're, they're constantly, because they're neither of them nice characters, so they're always like slagging each other off and they get uh, captured yeah. by two uh, chavvy characters. Two seen... of my favourite characters, those two are. <laughs> they're genius, aren't yeah, they? they yeah. are. They're great yeah. stuff. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Rock's on, on his homeworld and he, he's been told, no, it's not all a lie, my, my mother's not dying, but you, we want you to take over and become the god, in other words, the king sort of thing. And he has to join with the godstone. Um, which is uh, quite an interesting turn. I'd say at that point, I know what you thought, Eamon. I was thinking, oh, I need more football. I, I'm not I want the footy back, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I was feeling at the time. Um, and Dan Cornwall does some great great work on the Arcadians, and you get them in all different sizes and shapes, and there's another race who are up against them. Um, the Skrella or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. And I love one of the quotes. Is, is He says, call myself a god. I can't even take a decent free kick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, fortunately we do get back to some footy at the end of the book don't we yeah we do yeah Yeah, it does i was pleased when i saw that yeah 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 we didn't know how much we missed the footy comic but yeah yeah just to interject one of the 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 funniest things with this uh, which kept me chuckling was the the quotes that are mostly from kevin keegan oh Uh, at the start of each chapter I didn't think there was anyone bigger or smaller than Maradona, Kevin Keegan, and stuff. It's like constant comedy. I'm, I'm guessing they're real quotes. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, Kevin absolutely. Keegan, yeah, I'm guessing now. There'll be no siestas in Madrid tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at the start, yeah, we get a great football quote from Kevin Keegan at the start of each chapter, and yeah. um, they are a bit like Private Eye. I don't know if they still do Coleman balls, or sort of like you know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, they're a bit like that, aren't they? They're sort of like you know classic quotes where he slightly lost lost the thread of what he's trying to say yeah yeah um so they get kidnapped by the chavs and um the the miniaturized people and and um rock comes back but there's also this other subplot going on about american business are buying out the football club and they've 
they're kind of going to ruin it and just sell it for the money and move on and sell players to... They just want to asset strip it, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, he, is it Real Madrid he's getting sold to? He's going to sell Kyle Dixon to Real Madrid for £100 million, um, And then basically once that's done, they're going to wind the club down and sell off whatever's left. Yeah. They're just in it for the money, basically. They're not. They they don't have their. Uh, they don't have the football in heart, do they? No, they don't. Yeah, yeah. Which I suppose is a parallel to a lot of what's going on. I'm guessing, not being a football fan, but I'm guessing. I know that John. I asked John. I think I'd said this in the last one, but I once on a panel asked John Wagner what football team he supported, and he said Manchester United. And I said, "Oh, I'm sorry about that." Yeah. And he just gave me a right sideways look. <laughs> front of everyone but i think he took it all right but yeah is it was it malcolm is it malcolm glazer who took over manchester united was it the glazers and then here might be right and then here we've got a character who i think's called malcolm greedy isn't he oh right okay i missed that one yeah Yeah, good stuff i think it is a reference to uh um big money men taking over english clubs just to sort of uh strip it for a goal strip the gold out of it and then sell what's left yeah yeah so they kind of, while he's away, they're not doing as well, are they? No. Either. So because he's their, their golden ticket up the league. And he comes back and he does a bit more, but he's told that he's benched. So this is part of this subplot. They're going to bench him. Uh, either, he, either he moves to Real Madrid because he says, I don't really want to. Or they're going to bench him. Um, and they end up benching him sort of thing. So and um, But then again, he plays for Scotland as well. Yeah, he gets, a, he gets a match for Scotland, yes. And they're yeah. playing Germany. Yeah. Yes, I know. I saw that recently because somebody did an interview on Facebook, I think, with John and Dan and said, "What well, you know, you have Scotland beating Germany. And John says, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah 4-2. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, it's a comic book. I can do whatever I like. Yeah, yeah so I, I don't know how far you want to go to spoil the ending, but that's... Well, we won't spoil of... it much more than that. But, I yeah. mean, it is... So it's John and Alan again. We talked about the writing last time, but... Even more, I thought, in this book, I got that 1980s, you know, boys' adventure comics, the sort of stuff Richard Sheaf writes about a lot on his blog. It it does have that. And, of course, the other thing is is I've recently read some Doom Lord with Philip Vaughan. Oh, Oh, yes, that's right. And, and, you know, having read some Doom Lord in between Rock of the Reds and Rock of the God, there's that real feel to that here as well, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, the... Like I say, Billy's Boots, Roy the Rovers, all this sort of thing. Yeah. Hot Shot. Yeah. Hot Shot Hamish, is it? Hot Shot Hamish, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but when I do, I I read ahead for the episode, you know, for this one or another podcast, I get really, I get really entrenched in the style of comic and I just, I just felt a need and I went and read a load of Roy the Rovers. It's not as good. I'm going to be honest with you, but uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Because, again, you know, as we said, we're perhaps not the greatest football comics fans, but, you know, this yeah. this really sold it to us, didn't it? And that, it really did. That, yeah. that wonderful stuff they do where, they, you know, the ball's looping around the pitch and uh, yeah. it's all great <laughs> stuff. And they do it again so often in here towards the end of this book. Yeah, there's a huge callback right at the end where they, they turn it on their head a bit, don't they? Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. And... Um, you know, back in the 80s when Alan and John were writing everything and here they are back again, back together again at last. Um, I hope it's doing well for them because it's just such great fun. There's some weird alien yeah. monsters in there. Uh, you know, as we said, there's all the off-planet stuff going on with Rock and then he has to come back and save the Radford yeah. Reds. Yeah. I mean, did you? Yeah, I guess you're a fan of their writing and the partnership. 
Oh, oh, totally. Yeah, and I really like them. Yeah, they're they're great, and I'd read anything they do. And I have to say, I've become a huge fan of of Dan's work as well. I think he's he's excellent in this. Like, really good. Well, yeah. let's turn to Dan's work for a minute because it's just beautiful, and he's getting better and better, isn't he? And of course, I think yeah. you told me last time he'd given up his job on the buses. <laughs> he had, yeah, uh, yeah. to turn yeah. pro, and it's great to see to get that feeling that we're sort of seeing a creator, you know, going from small press stuff. Because I think he did, did you tell me last time, he did Zarjaz and Dog Breath, I think. I think that's right. Yeah, I think he did stuff for them. Yeah, we had him on the podcast. He's he's, he's great company. We had an absolute screen with him on the, and I spoke to him since. Yeah, we must get him back on the one I do. But yeah, yeah. And you're right, he finished, I think he started off drawing some of this. Uh, and then I think when the two thousand he got the 2000 AD gig, I think he that's when he left driving the bus. Right. Um I mean, driving a bus around Brighton can't be the easiest job. It stresses me enough double parking, you know. So, uh... <laughs> uh, well, yes, but now he's got now he's got artwork and deadlines, I suppose. And he's doing yeah. uh, he's in the Dredge, Judge Dread magazine at the moment, doing the American Beanie story. Ah, oh, uh, right, okay. With John yeah. again, I think on that. Oh, good. Now, yeah. I had I had a couple of names in mind, but I mean, does does his artwork? Uh, remind you of anybody where you know particularly from the 2000 ad guys when you see him developing yeah. in the pages there's there's one page which stylistically changes rock had rock is quite early on so i think I, I, if you don't mind i'll mention it but yeah. he's he's communing with the is it the godstone and it suddenly it's like a big mushroom acid trip yes and i thought that is full-on class Roger Langridge. That right. just really reminded me of a Roger Langridge page. Oh, right. I have to say. Yeah. The, um, oh, yeah, I did make a note, but I think last time I compared him to, there was, I could see some Carlos in his work. I don't yeah. know what you think. I can see Carlos. I can see a bit of Mick McMahon, you know, um, yeah. in the early days on 2000 AD developing. I mean, oh, these are all great names to be compared to as well, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah so, and the, so, some of the detail, I think he's up the detail as well, because I, I felt a bit of Chris Weston occasionally from him. Yes. Yeah. There's a page, I think it's a few pages before he communes with the Godstone. Can't find it. I had it a minute ago. Where there's a spaceship. Oh, no, it's, a, it's, it's at the start of chapter three, I think, where the spaceship is sort of flying out of the page towards you. And there's a bit right. of Kirby crackle in the background and that yeah, sort of okay. thing. Yeah, okay. And yeah. That is yeah. just, you know, I just thought that's fantastic, Dan. Well done. That's a great page. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the big reasons I enjoy this is I just feel that everyone's having a real fun with it. Yeah. I think you can tell that, um, the writing's just a laugh and you can tell that Dan is, Dan's, um, got that football action thing down completely now. Uh, and he's, and he's, he's really moving along with it. I'm, it'd be interesting to see him on another sort of book similar to that. Yeah. So I think he's got that down now. Yeah. yeah, he does. I mean, you know, as we've said before, with football, you've got to have the balls flight across the pitch. Uh, yeah. You get some wonderful sort of sliding tackles and some brutal stuff, the ball flying into the goal. And then, of course, as I, I said this last time, Tony, the bits I love is that the crowd always love to narrate the action, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, the, oh, my God, there's some brilliant Scottish accents. Yes, this, there is. Which were just playing in my head. <laughs> yeah. You can sort of hear John sort of <laughs> some can, of the Matt yeah, Allen, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I mean, what a team up, basically. John Allen and Dan, plus, as I say, Abby, Jim Boswell, G uh, Jim Campbell. And it's quite lovely. I mean, when they yeah. do those monsters that are sort of emerge from human suits, yeah, they're called sliths or something, I think. Yeah, that's that was the real 2000 AD page for me. It is, the one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's um, it almost looks like something out of um, bloody Ace Trucking or something. All of a sudden, you know, bad company maybe. I'm thinking there's there's something about the aliens and some bad company there for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, they were. Yes, that's right. The Cruels, weren't they? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It is. So it's marvelous stuff by uh, Dan throughout. I just loved it. I thought it was a you know I could see a progression from the last book both in the, the art and the writing and just the, the sheer joy of it that sort of you know boys adventure stuff i thought um, yeah you know space adventures monsters football scottish yeah. accents yeah but and 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 some social reality you know baz and shell i think they're called the, the that's jazz. the pair baz and <laughs> shell yes they're great i mean and some a little bit of cheeky humor doesn't Kyle get thrown down a cleavage or something at he one does, point? He does, yes. He flies yeah. into Shell's cleavage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And doesn't one of them have a death tattoo? Judge Death tattoo? Oh, right. gosh, I've missed that. I think Kyle's got one, hasn't he? Right. I think so, yeah. I think I saw one pop up. I'll have to go back and have a look. It's, um, I can't pinpoint the, the page while everyone's listening and I'll born to death, but it's, it's there somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get back to the art in a minute. Now... Last okay. time we were talking about Blackheart Press. Yeah. This time they've gone it alone and they did a Kickstarter. And yep. I remember when I I spoke to you briefly at Thought Bubble back in November nineteen, Tony, back you know, yeah. in the good old days. Yeah, yeah. And we actually used to meet each other. We yeah. used to actually see each other in person and go to comic conventions and that was great fun. <laughs> um because they just then they just completed their target of twenty eight thousand, hadn't they? That's right. So it was um, it made one hundred and two percent. I looked it up today, actually. Right. Um, it, yeah, and I mean twenty eight k is a is a high amount, but it's you accept it, I think, because it's a there's a page rate there, isn't it? Yes. Right. So I mean, and because it's got big names, it's got Janet, John, and Alan involved, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it did seem like a big target, but I was glad they met it. Obviously, and uh, they got there, and we've got you know a year later, we've got the book in our hands. Thank goodness. Yeah, me too. I um, I met John. I think there was an MCM before Thought Bubble last year, um, and uh, I was there for No Brown, and we and I met. I got in a lift with him, and um, we we I know him very slightly from having interviewed him on a, a couple of convention panels and stuff, and he was. Uh, and I said, oh, almost there, I'll back to your project. And he said, it's getting close, because I don't think it had made it. I think it was almost like a day or two before yeah. it actually made the amount. And I, and I think I sort of been kind of trying to be a bit more positive and, and being like, um, you know, not knowing what to say to John Wagner in a lift. I said, oh, yeah, but they make loads of money in the last few days. You know, sort right. of, now I sound like this sort of super wise bloke who told him that he would, you know, tell don't worry, grass off when you'll get there. You know, but it was just like, I think I'll just be positive and tell him it'll be fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was down to the down to the wire, and Kickstarter is so funny like that. Sometimes it works, and sometimes, most of the time, it works. But you have got some big names on a book, you got the opportunity there to build up. Um, I know the John, um, the Keanu Reeves book with um, has just done one point one million pounds. Kickstarter. Blimey. So uh, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit, Tony. We've recorded an episode of your podcast this morning, which we'll get to in a little while. But one of the reasons I asked you to come on and talk about Rock to God is because, actually, I don't really understand Kickstarter. I do back... I back some projects on Kickstarter. You backed one, a couple of mine, my friend. I've yeah. backed yeah. yours. I've backed Damien yeah. Edwardson's, uh, yeah, yeah. the seventy-seven. And yes, he gets. A, that's right. He does a pin-up right at the back, doesn't he, Damien? Yeah. Well done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good on you, son. Slightly better than a pin-up done by somebody else in the back. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mentioning no um, <laughs> huge rock, uh, sort of comic superstar names. Was that what you yeah. say? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. okay. So... What's the, what makes a good Kickstarter, and how does it work? What you know? Do you have to set a time deadline as well as a money deadline? Yeah, you can. It's it's usually a month. So most people go for a month. Um, you can go for longer. That you do get the odd two month one, um, and you can just go for two weeks. I know John Tucker. If anyone's familiar with his books, he's just done a two week one, which has just been successful. It's a funny one because we get we talk a lot about it on the podcast I'm on, Awesome Comics, We and we get people writing in to say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And for most people, I would recommend getting your book pretty much done. If you can afford to get it done, get it done before you, you press go on it. Right. So Kickstarter take a little chunk um, and you raise the money, and that money also involves raising the money that involves the postage, which is the one that seems to bite people on the arse a lot, is not being able to afford to send the book out right it, be- it becomes complicated it's like a it's like a big algorithm you once you get behind the scenes on a, on a kickstart you see that it nearly all kickstarters start off really strong so um kickstarter now gives you the opportunity to send out a, an email pre its launch so you get it authorized on kickstarter they say right this is good to go and then you send an email out from kickstarter saying register to be let know when this goes live and that seemed, that's a very wise move these days. So you get an email saying, right, uh, Eamon's comic is now live as of now. So it gives you the link and you can go and, you can go and pledge. Right. Which is, which is the, the hotness at the moment. That's the one that's getting people's books over the line quicker, I think. Um, once you go to that, it gives you the opportunity to pledge at different levels. I'm slightly sick of the levels that say, pledge £5 and you'll be our friend forever. And sometimes so you have to be careful when you're going to Kickstarter because a lot of them, the first pledge will be you don't get anything, which seems a bit bizarre to me. Yes. Um, and then you, you basically travel up the ladder of um, rewards is what they call it. And the first one will be probably and usually a digital version of the book. So I would recommend people if, they, if they're taking a punt on a, an American comic, for example, on Kickstarter, go for the digital um, because the, the shipping costs will vary or will be a pain in your neck when they eventually come through. Um, sometimes they can come through separately. Most of the time they come through as part of the deal. Right. And then you go up the ladder and it can be stuff like the physical book and the digital version, the physical book and a T-shirt. I know um, I know this one did the sort of football tops. You yeah, know, that's the, right. Yeah. Yeah. It looked nice, actually, I have to say. Yes. Yeah, it looked really good. They did. And then you can maybe pay a bit extra and you get a signed copy or you can pay a bit extra and you get print of the cover or of some of the pinups or you can pay a bit extra and you get a... Um, even a page of the original artwork is quite a common one, right? Which times it tends to be a slightly heftier, heftier punt. So that's going to be sixty, probably sixty pounds upwards, I would say, um, for it. Now, it, it, this this is where it becomes complicated because once you get past, so let's say we, Eamon's comic is aiming for a thousand pounds, you reach the a thousand pounds, and then the expectation is that you then do a further pledge level, a further sort of... It's almost like a bonus level. These are the stretch goals that they talk about. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And that's the one that always gives us the headache. So when we did the... um, an easy For anyone who's running one, an easy go-to is an audio commentary. Right. Definitely go for that, because it costs you nothing. You send it out via Dropbox, I think. But some people go, oh, if you get to this page, we'll we'll send you a mini-comic. And you're thinking, all right, okay, is this mini-comic done? When's it going to come through? And you have to kind of think of them. And the really successful ones that go like 400, 500%, um, even more, um, they have to keep adding this extra pledge level, which encourages people to further pledge or even up their pledges. 
You see what I mean? Right. So Yeah, so that's where it gets to. And then you reach the end of the month or the, the two weeks or the sometimes two months that you're doing, and the money will then be taken by Kickstarter um, on the, the minute it ends. So the money will go out of the punters, your, mine, bank accounts, and, you know, um, where you pay usually PayPal, pay for it through PayPal or something like that. And then two weeks later, the usually around two weeks, the money lands in the creator's account. Right. If you're, I know some canny creators who basically will, as soon as they know that it's, the, the money's done and it's it's with Kickstarter, sometimes they start sending out the rewards then because they can take the hit financially on the postage or the creation or the printing, whatever it's going to be. But mostly you're going to wait for at least maybe two to three weeks for your book to come through, which is where lies the rub. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes you wait forever. I'm currently waiting on a book from a, a professional um, and I sent him 50 quid two and a half years ago you know and that's kind of the worry for a lot of kickstarter people is it's i don't want to be snobbish and i don't i don't see it this way some some people see it as a way to support you know grassroots small press yeah and i don't think i it's, to me it's a pre-order system right it's a, it's a, it works as a pre-order in the same way that diamond works as a pre-order but you're not that you're not tied down to a date with a lot of this stuff it, it might often say it on the website on the, the kickstarter page but not often will they you know Will it come through? I have to say, in my experience, professionals, um, there are a few exceptions. Mike Barron, for example, he's always on time. But there's a, there's quite a few professionals, cough, cough, Rob Liefeld, um, who um, you just don't see it uh, for years and occasionally at all. And um, it's, it's a weird one because it gets a lot of creators' bad names, I think. Yeah. I mean, I did wonder about that. It did seem to me... Or, you know, uh, looking at it from my outside of you, it seemed like a perfect way to support the smaller press guys in getting something. But when I saw the big names, or when I see big names doing it, it always seems a bit odd to me. But I suppose if you think about it as a pre-ordering... Yeah, I I agree, man. And I think I'm a great believer if you've got the finance to do it, do it. I've done it with a couple of my books recently. Um, I've just put them out because I've had the money to do it. And some small press runs you're not talking especially if it's black and white you're not talking millions yeah um i i do think kickstarter has and obviously including in that we've got to talk about indiegogo which is the other side of the coin um which is another crowdfunding one that actually does financially better than kickstarter often with with comics that go on there there's a there's a I'm not going to get into the political wranglings of who uses kickstarter and who uses indiegogo because it's a sort of constant online argument of a number of terms that i've muted oh, <laughs> right. okay okay um yeah one that includes a garden gate oh no um, okay yes yeah, yeah let's yeah. Uh, veer away from that yeah exactly yeah but the, the, the it's been so successful during lockdown because we don't have the opportunity to go and sell them at conventions i think it's a it is a great tool yeah i think it's, it's good for that and um our um i've we've run three kickstarters during lockdown so far and and um they've been much better than the kickstarters we ran prior Oh right, interesting. Include, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, suppose, I suppose people have got. Like, I know you've mentioned it before. The disposable lockdown income. Yes. That we, not all of us have got. Yeah. Um, sadly, but some of us have. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Gary Hill and I talked about that. That's you know trying yeah. to support some independent comic shops, but also supporting some independent creators, the small yeah, exactly. press guys. I suppose, as you say, with their projects, because they don't get they don't get to go and get a table at a convention and try and sell us, you know, the book then, do you? Yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, there's not many of us who make a profit by booking a table at Thought Bubble and no. selling our comics, but there's a few of us. And I think this whole, um, the fact that 
big publishers are going through Kickstarter has come up recently because of the Keanu Reeves book. It's called Berserker, I think. Right. Um, so, I mean, Keanu yeah. Reeves, you mentioned him a couple of times. Does he need to do a Kickstarter? <laughs> I don't honestly know how much he's involved other than probably a phone conversation with the oh, writer. I see, right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's Boomer running that. Right. Now, that caused something something of a controversy online, um, as usual, you know, yeah, internet okay. points. But the it's not a new thing. I know IDW kickstarted a Archie series with Mark Wade a good two or three years ago. I know a very, a very well-known British website that ran an anthology project that wasn't looking like it was going to get anywhere near the amount about three or f- maybe four years ago, five years ago actually. And um, um, behind the scenes, IDW put in the rest. So right. it does happen. Okay. It's just, um, it just seems to sort of come and go a bit and, you know, the usual people are saying it's unfair. It looks really good, and I think um, is it Garni, um, who's the artist on on the, the Berserker book. I love his work, and I want a copy of it. And uh, he's Keanu Reeves may be a multimillionaire, but I'm sure the you know the writer and the artist ain't. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I'm I've not gone in on that one. I did go in on Duncan Jones's uh, book, which I think right. is it's not far away. I think again, probably because you know the artist there probably needs the support of of us from kickstarter i guess right i didn't go in on that one which which was that one i can't remember what it's called now he was he's been talking about it on twitter um, right, and okay. i know that's one of the ones i have backed on kickstarter even though i wasn't quite sure as a, you know you can probably tell i'm not quite sure what i'm doing um yeah, me, me neither <laughs> suddenly it's, it's one of those funny ones because you think you could, why did 60 pounds just leave my yes, account exactly oh, yeah, yeah that's that right that's why yeah. yes <laughs> and again that was the one yourself like you said yourself because it's shipping from america isn't it and yeah. that's that caught me out i think when it turned out to be more than i pledged because of the shipping yeah uh, some of them are doing a separate and it's a pain yeah. some of them are doing a separate shipping thing so one of the, i didn't back berserker initially and i sent them a message saying you know the the shipping price to the uk is quite high and they said no we've changed it now so right. i was happier and some of them ask you for money later i think the near i think the jim stalin project is going to come back to me at some point and say right this is the shipping cost right um i'm not sure if they they do change. I know they've changed a bit recently, haven't they? Shipping from America has changed its cost, and I think people see that in the future it's going to change. Do we put it on now? Because for some for some people it can be a big hit on them. I know I know it bankrupted a certain person um, a couple of years ago with the book they did, and they just completely well, five years ago they completely failed to work out the shipping costs. Yeah, yeah. Of course, as you say, you get rewards for your pledges. You also you may get mentioned in the back pages of the book. Oh, here we go, and uh, maybe <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, in the back, let's do the simple. I mean, in the list of names at the back of Rock the God, uh, there's one Tony Esmond, there's one Eamon Clark, there's lots of people like Pete Wells, Duncan Nimmo, Dave Healy, there's Gary Hill, who we've mentioned a few times today. Jamie Beamish, David Broughton, um, who I know. Oh, yeah. Worked with Dave, yeah. Yeah, you've yeah, worked with him, and you've had him on your podcast. He's been on this podcast. So you may is get McCauley your name. Is on there as well. I think she's been on with you, isn't she? Who's is that? Is, is, is McAuliffe done one with you? No, I, can't I, can't, I haven't been able to persuade her to come on yet. No, but I there can't she is. either. I don't know what's happening there. Yeah, yeah what's happening? Dan Malia as well is um, in there. He Now, he runs Leamington Spa Comic Con, and I know he right. he's friends with um, John. Uh, and uh, I think they did the launch, I think, of the first book there, I think. Right. The top of my- yes, yeah. that's right, yeah. 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 Oh, right. Now, it reminded me of, um, that list in the back reminded me of when you used to go to UCAC, and you look in the, and back then you used to get your name put in the... Exactly, uh, yes. The, the convention book, or whatever it was, and you know, I, I still go back and think, oh, there I am, look, that was 1985 or something, that's quite nice. 
Yeah. I think Richard Chief mentioned that because the first mention of Alan Moore's name appears as a, an a, a, you uh-huh. know, attending one of those early uh, conventions, doesn't it, where they would print the name of all the people who actually bought tickets to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. I like that. Yeah. And, and you, you're elsewhere in this, though, aren't you? Is that, am I right in thinking? I'm afraid so, yes. I did go in for one of the sponsorship deals. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I've got it in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you look at um, the first page of Chapter 3, where it's they're showing a foot a replay of a match from the first book, um, so you've got Kyle Dixon, although it's uh, it's Rock on the pitch, and up on the stand it does indeed say Mega City Book Club. So, does, doesn't it? Yeah, how good is that? And um, do you know you posted that? I think I think you put it on Facebook, or I can't remember where you posted it, and you went something along cough cough or something, and uh, and I was thinking. That doesn't look like Eamon. And then I looked up. All oh, right, there now. I thought. I thought because I suppose a lot of these pledges sometimes you can get drawn into the comic. Yes, people do get drawn in. I think, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or they get their name in there somewhere. So I've got yeah. the uh, podcast logo and name on the stands at Radford Reds now. That's um, good stuff. And I should mention because we'll we'll perhaps jump to the Grail Page game because okay. uh, I've got that page now. I bought it off Dan. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Oh, good man. Yeah. Um, so it sits it, here with uh, me. Was it expensive? Don't, you don't have to say the number, but was well, it... Well, I, I mean, it was less than £100, and I oh, would say, yeah. you know, yeah. I would say contact Dan because he's got pages available. I don't know if he's got pages available from the work he's doing on Judge Dredd in the magazine at the moment, but, you know, it's an opportunity to buy some original art while he's at this early stage of his career, before he becomes mega, I think. I think you're right. I think, you know, I can easily see him on an image book as well, something like that. Um, yeah. As well as as well as 2008. Please don't steal him, but I can see him, you know, he's definitely on the rise. Yeah, he really is. And he's uh, he's got that, I, I really admire about him, he's got that work ethic. You know, he, he, this came out and yes. he knew it was coming out. Yeah. And um, he was, it, when we had him on our podcast, you could tell he was just knackered from drawing it, like, you know. Yeah. 20 hours a day or something. Funny enough, you mentioned that page, dude, and it, it, it reminds me, I know, if you don't mind me mentioning it, is we talked a little bit about before we came on about the design of the book. And what is only a shame is some of the um, pages, the way it's bound um, and a, a way a lot of the, 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 the word panels, sometimes they're too close to the binding for me. The spine um, is a problem and the binding is a little problem. It's, it is tight and some of the yeah. panels and the lettering disappears into the fold, doesn't it? Yeah, and your logo almost, you can see it, but you can see there was, it's a little bit too close for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the only, that's my only sort of, the only sort of. It's the only nitpick with this book. otherwise yeah. wonderful book, isn't it? Yeah. And as yeah, I say, it's from creators that we love and admire, isn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What about yourself? If you were going to pick a page to own from Dan, would it be the uh, the psychedelic mushrooms god godstone page? Do you know I did consider that page, um, and I really like that sort of thing. And it takes me back to you know the books of Don McGregor and P. Craig Russell and all that sort of thing that I, I, I really like. Yeah. But to me, it, it's not evocative of Dan's style enough. Right. Um, so I went for something that's I've got I've got some pages um that i sort of rotate on the the wall here and i i really enjoy one that's got a good storytelling style to it uh and the one that i was going to go and it's it, it it feels fairly banal but to me it's the sort of thing i like and there's a page when kyle stroke rock gets home gets back to the boarding house and he, it's a very early on page in it's, it was in that that first issue that came out originally sort of the teaser the, the right. um uh, and he's, he's walking through the house and everyone's frozen 
Ah, and yes. The bottom two panels, he walks between the panel border and he transforms into rock. And I really like that page. I think it shows, I think that showing Dan's storytelling really well on that page. I think it works so well. In, uh, and it, it, it moves from being something that is fairly pedestrian and suburban in the house and she's cleaning a mirror and the kids walking down the stairs and there's a, there's a cupboard under the stairs and you know, it's, it's the everyday and, but it moves into this, the shocking bright red of rock there. Um, as he, as he walks across, across the hallway and transforms in. And I really like that. I just really like that style of stuff. That, it is fantastic. I've got it open in front of me and it's, as you say, it's the storytelling of the page, which is beautiful. Yeah. And then those two bottom panels where he transforms literally across the gutter into, uh, of the yeah. panels into rock. Um, I only know this, Tony, because I had the academic Julia Round on talking about oh, Misty. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's a thing called the DeLuca effect, I believe, which is oh, okay. this, you know, when you have a character moving, you have multiple representations of the same character to imply sort of movement across panels. Um, so there we are. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, really good. I really like that. I think I think I'm, I'm definitely far bit for me to spend far too much money and hide you know the secret comic buying bank account i've got for my wife but i might i might go and uh i might go and uh and buy a page of dan yes yeah, contact great stuff. dan on twitter um you know there's something that twitter's good for so <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. how i did it so yes yeah yeah i'll do that yeah yeah that's great um so if i take you back to kickstarter for a moment tony are there okay. any things we should be warned against or look out for as as backers and pledgers yeah, it's a bit like eBay in the effect that go if you're going to buy something, go back and look to see if they've got um, like any bad remarks and stuff. I always think right. Um, go back and if you look, so if when you click on the project, you can click on the name of the person who's running it, and you can go back and see what other projects they've either backed or what other projects they've um, they've run. And if you go back to the projects they've run, go to the comments. And the comments are usually left by people who've backed the project. I think you can limit to either or everyone leaving a comment or just backers. Right. And that will tell you whether they've come through with their previous projects. Ah, because okay. you'd be surprised a lot of people haven't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kickstarter won't allow you to close your account down unless you have completely fulfilled your um, pledges. Yeah, everything out and sent it out and stuff. And I know a few people have tried to close their account down. There's one person who's, who's, who's they won't let them. So they've just put deleted next to their name to stop people messaging them. Um, oh. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's Kickstarter. Indiegogo is a bit different. Indiegogo has got this this added, if you if you back something on Indiegogo, there's a lot of comics on there. There tends to be more sort of, uh, I think I'm allowed to use the phrase boy's own because I know Rich used it recently. Yeah. And they, they tend to be sort of more action-orientated adventure comics. Uh, and in that, you can pledge on it. They seem to take longer. The pledges, I'm not really 100% sure about um, Indiegogo, but after the pledge is closed, you can still buy the product from that page. Right. So a lot of the time with Kickstarter, we might not have heard of it. And with like this, you might not have heard of it, especially if it's a two-weeker. And you go and you think, oh, I missed that. But with Indiegogo, you can still buy it through that page, which is a kind of interesting development. Uh, I'd like to see Kickstarter go that way as well. I think it becomes more of a marketplace than a, an eBay type thing then. Uh, that's interesting because I heard about a Kickstarter that had finished, uh, which I think they mentioned on the 2000 AD Thrillcast. Right. And I contacted the creator and said, could I get a copy? And he said, no, that, that, you know, that was it. They're all done. 
Yeah. And I, yes, you know, you'd be nice to get to be able to still get the copies afterwards, wouldn't it? If they're still doing, yeah, them. some of them you can and some of you can't. I think John Tucker's um, book Murder is is limited, is totally limited to people who pledge. Right. Um, we did one recently where we did like a little um, Ashcan bootleg comic, like a nine nine ten pager that came out, um, and we just did it for the people who pledged to it, and one for me and one for Adam the artist. So we didn't. There won't be any more of that one. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting way of doing it. It's um, it has opened up in the days of Diamond being like a, you know, a car fire, a bin fire at the moment. It's uh, it's an interesting way to get your comics. And I've certainly pledged a lot more over the the lockdown than I have previously. And I, I, I'll just mention that Rock of uh, Rock the God is available from um, if you weren't yep. in the Kickstarter, you can go to rockoftheredscom and it's nineteen pounds ninety nine. And it, you know, it's great fun, isn't it? It's great comics. It yeah, and I loved. I, I I really really do enjoy these books. Um, I think I think they're um, they they are a complete and utter combination of 2000 AD and Roy the Rovers. There's yeah. just no getting around it. Is it? It's no. the the joy of both distilled into it. And there's some nice little pinups at the back. Neil Sims. Um, there's a, the one of the, the rock art from Dan Cornwall and Damien Edwinson. There's some extra bits in the back which are quite good as well. Yeah. Shout and out to play, Damien again. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Damien. Yeah. He's he's good good dude and, and, and a great artist yeah and the other thing i got with it i don't know if you got it did you get like a little key ring yes i got a, i got a uh, a radford reds key ring that <laughs> lights up oh does um, it light up oh, you press on it yeah. it's got one of those little sort of key lights on it and a sticker yeah that's it yeah yeah yeah, yeah stickers are good ones yeah everyone loves an enamel badge put an enamel badge in your kickstarter everyone goes nuts for it these really? days i don't oh, know right. yeah okay. yeah yeah vince loves an enamel badge Fantastic, Tony. So, okay, that's you've you've clued me in a little bit on Kickstarter, and we've also discussed John Allen and uh, Dan's great work on Rock the God. Um, yeah. You know, um, I'm looking at what Dan's doing next in the Judge Dread magazine. Hopefully, you know, we might get more from them as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'd be. You should get him on, dude. I'd love to hear him talk about some of his influences, or you know, choose a book or something. It'd be great stuff. I shall ask um, him. I shall yeah, ask yeah, him. Yeah. Okay, so Tony, I'm going to turn to guest projects. Oh, okay. Now you're a busy chap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've very... kind of made a rod for my own back. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. You've been very busy during lockdown. Let's start with the Awesome Comics podcast, which continues. I, you know, last time you were on, I, I confess I wasn't really a regular listener, and now I okay. am, and it's like listening to again <laughs> comic friends chatting about. It's all. It's yeah. very positive, isn't it? That's that's our plan. I mean, Vince started it, and you know, we, and we, well, we all started it together. But it's Vince's idea, baby, and and that was the thing. We didn't want to be negative, and uh, we don't go into those areas that seemingly everyone on Twitter seems to go into in comics. We just want to talk about the you know the, the comics that we love. We don't even, and I've kind of turned my head to it recently. We don't even do a critique of a comic. We do a recommend. Yeah. Um. We do mention the the odd like problem with it or something like that. You know, I'd probably mention the the the. The, the packaging for rock of rock we got if we if we did it but it's yeah it's just the three of us chatting it gets a bit blue um i'm afraid so if you're you know you're it's, not feeling that area of humor it's, it's <laughs> adults it's uh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but yeah we're we're great friends I miss, I miss the guys we had a little bit of a meetup uh a couple of weeks ago well me and me and dan drove down to near vince and we had a we had a bite to eat and uh yeah we do we we the the, the, the thing i always think about it and we, we've done it today is we we record it, but we also spend about 20 minutes just chatting and laughing beforehand, you yeah. know, and after and stuff like that. And I kind of, and we had some great guests. Um, funny enough, he's just, we were just texting each other about getting Mike Barron back on. I'm a big fan oh, of his right. work. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, Pat, 
Pat Mills comes on. He's a sort of regular with us. Um, he comes on um, about every three months, and we he answers some comic creator questions and people write in. And uh, yeah, we've. Um, it's, Did it's you just... get him on the drink and draw recently? Was that a thing? Yeah, so we run a drink and draw out of the Facebook page. If if is uh, awesome comics talk and uh, and I'd said to him, oh, could you pop in just for five minutes, just cheer people up because it was right middle lockdown, you know. Yeah. And um, he came on. And I think I think Pat and Lisa were drinking almost as much as we were, <laughs> and uh, and Pat just stayed chatting to everyone. But uh, yeah, it was lovely because I don't know if you've done a Zoom meeting, the yes. name comes up before the person's face appears. And you could see people sort of pausing and thinking, oh, no, what's happening? All oh, right. Oh, my God. Here we go. And then Pat was great. Answered loads of questions. Um, we're doing one uh, on the run up to Thought Bubble, the digital Thought Bubble, right. um, in a few weeks. And we've got um, I've got a special guest lined up for that as well. We're quite excited about. Um, so that should be good. But, uh, yeah, if you just join the Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and we'll we'll give you the um, the Zoom link. Tom Curry, shout to Tom. He runs it through his, his Zoom account. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's two and a half hours of laughing and drawing and showing each other and tips on what pencils to use and you know how to draw this and stuff really really interesting yeah we did we had one on friday it's a good laugh and it's all yeah. again like the stuff like the projects or the sort of uh, challenges you have on the facebook group it's all very positive you know nobody's going to criticize your artwork even if it's um no, you know not, at all. not yeah. up to dan cornwall standard you know exactly yeah and um and they'll give you advice um we're we're about so we're not an advertising site i know a couple of the 2000 ed site um facebook pages have problems with this where people just sort of drop a kickstarter yes and run. they just want to talk about their kickstarter yeah yeah so we don't do all that but if someone came on and said look i'm going to run a kickstarter I'm, where do i go with the pledge levels what do you think's a good idea who's run one in the past they'll get 50 replies immediately right you know with advice and stuff and i think it's good for that um yeah it's a nice little community i didn't really believe in a comics community before that because it was just <clears throat> especially people of our age I mean, we were just old blokes reading comics, yeah. you know, in our bedrooms. But they, yeah, it certainly has sprung up, and uh, not everyone's perfect, but there's a lot of good people on there. Yeah. So, awesome comics at podbean dot com uh, yes, for right. that one. The awesome comics podcast. What about your own comics that you've been producing recently, Tony? There's yeah, a few. I don't wanna, there is. Yeah, I don't <laughs> occupy everyone with my old dramas, but the uh, yeah, so my old rude comics. But yeah, we've done me and a guy called Adam Falp who lives near me. We both sort of fell in love with Outlaw Comics, which is kind of a thing going on with the Kayfabe podcast and Ed Pisker and all these sort of guys, Jim Rugg. Uh, and we decided, look, there's nothing going on like that in this country. Everything we, we had a, a we, we had a me and him sat in a car on a journey back from a convention. And we sort of were discussing the fact that everyone seems to write about their cat or how depressed they are. So we went for something which I suppose is a little bit 2000 AD. We wanted something that's a bit more just adventure and a bit you know we went a bit violent and there's a bit of sex in them and stuff like that and we just had we just have a laugh he, uh, he, we call my office tribute press hq and adam comes in once a week and we laugh our way through the next scripting session and he goes away and draws it and uh, we've had we're just about to finish the third issue of atomic hercules um which is definitely not safe for work right. uh, tony yeah tony well you've seen it uh, i have yeah <laughs> tony osmond is in fact we've gone old school um british comics on the new issue we've gone commando style so we're doing it um a top and a bottom picture oh right yeah that sort of thing yeah yeah i'm quite i'm quite fond of the fact that i met one of the editors of commando and asked him if he went commando <laughs> and he just stared at me <laughs> it's, uh, um yeah so now we did uh, tony osmond got hall chronicles 2 that's uh, in the process of being written um i'm doing another springworth book which is sort of kids book i did with fair spark me and andy andy hanks are doing that yes uh busy times um i've got quite a busy job as well so I mean, uh, I'm I'm a pensioner. Uh, I think you're a pensioner as well, aren't you? I think you told me. I'm once. officially a pensioner. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. still working, but yeah. 
same with me. Yeah, yeah. Officially cut the pensioners, and uh, I'm busier than I've ever been. But it is. I'm enjoying it. It's uh, the same as like this show, research, and what, what, you know, what's the problem with that? Reading a comic and writing a couple of notes down. It's great fun. Yeah. So never iron anything. forward slash products for Tony's uh, comics. I think you can find them there. Yeah. Is that right? That's right, man. If you just put never iron anything with no spaces. Um, You'll find the blog, the the podcast, and the uh, the site yeah, or tribute press dot cartel. Um, never on anything is ten years old yesterday. Wow! As as a sort of blog, so many I'll, happy um, returns, Tony. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I'm in the middle of writing a a ranty um, anniversary post, so that'll be the next few days. And the book um, put Tony's nuts in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I didn't know where we're going there. <laughs> so I don't know where this started, but a friend of mine who's on Mum's Net brought it to my attention. There was this book. It's an actual book called "Put Tony's Nuts in Your Mouth" about a man who sells nuts. Right. I think it's. I think unfortunately, it's a translation by a company that probably are mostly in a foreign language. Oh, I see. Uh, and they don't quite understand the the implications of it. But uh, it's an actual book. It's on Amazon. You can find I mean, it on Amazon, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, it it became something of a lark about and oh, uh, I see right yeah okay. <laughs> but it's a it's a genuine book people kept sending him it to me so we sort of uh, yeah it's a, it's a genuine kids book God my yeah yeah so Tony you've got a full time job you did a weekly podcast the awesome comics podcast you're producing your own comics during lockdown yeah and during lockdown you started another podcast well. Having been a pensioner, I got this job, and they only—it was a job for two days a week, and it was for a university. And I thought this is good fun, I like this. And then with lockdown, they—they they said, "Oh, do you want to work full time?" And because I'm one of those blokes who can't say no to anything, I decided to do that. But in that prior to that, I'd started this podcast. So I thought I'd have plenty of time sitting about at home, staring into the dead eyes of my wife. And uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so we—the uh, one I just recorded with you, I think, was episode forty-four. So it's just fun. We just uh, just me and some chums talking about comics we love. It's. Uh, there's nothing special about it. There's no, there's no big guests on it or anything like that. It's just, uh, it's just a laugh, and uh, it's not, it's not getting huge numbers, but it's getting people writing in and saying they've bought the book, which I kind of, I kind of enjoy that. And uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's great. Good. The Never Iron Anything podcast, neverironanything.podbean.com, uh, other pod You've networks on, are available. On, exactly. You've been on ten percent of them. There you go. Yeah, so. yeah. Right. I've been on ten percent of them. We've just done one about Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, yes. Love that one. Yeah. yeah. You've had Gary Hill on talking about Punisher Max. Um, yeah. yeah. You've had a quite one. We're doing one about the pun um, uh, about the Shadow coming up. So Ooh, one about right. the Shadow comics, which uh, and you can imagine it's Al Henderson. He's a big Shadow fan. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to lay lay the lay, and Rich Chief's been on a few times as well. Um, he has. Yes, that's right. He did Asterix to Gaul with you, didn't he? Always got loads, loads of interesting stuff to tell tell you about stuff, Richard. I'm he's, a big fan of his blog. Yes, yeah. he's got lots of research. He knows his stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he really does. But I mean, I love this one, man. This is a, this is as I always say to you. This is one of my dog walking podcasts. Um, I've cut down a bit on the, the ones I listen to sometimes because we're not commuting, are we? Yeah. And this is this is definitely on the dog walking list. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Tony. Thank you very yeah. much. Well, we uh, we're big fans of each other's podcasts. I've there been you on go. yours. You've been on mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One day it'll just be podcasters listening to other people's podcasts. It will it's, be, yes. it's a bit like comics. It's only people who create comics who seemingly buy them a lot of the time. But yeah, yeah. So one other question for you, Tony, before I finish, uh-huh. um, spring this one on you. I've been thinking about this. What makes a good comic shop? Ooh. What would you say you need in a good comic shop? That's um, 
that's very interesting because I've written some notes about that for a pod we're recording tonight. Oh, how are you? All right, okay. Yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. Let's talk about it. The we've got um uh, we've got a comic shop owner coming on to talk about that very thing. We try to once a year to get a comic shop owner on to talk about the state of comic shops and stuff. Right. From a personal point of view, reliability, I think. Right. Reliability and knowledge. I've jumped about having pulled this at a couple of shops, and I've, I've, I left one because they just weren't getting, you know, I think because we're very sort of needy comic fans, aren't we? A bit OCD. If, you know, I've had, I've got all 252 issues of Savage Dragon, for example. Yes. If they miss two issues, it does cause me something of a, you know, a nerd headache. Um, I think that's reliability, variety. Uh, coming from the small press word, I think it's always nice for them to support the small press. Uh, signings, I think, yep. unfortunately, I think we're falling away from that that being a thing, but it was always a good thing to do. You know, Orbital, for example, would have regular 2000 AD signings. They would, and, yeah. Yeah, and I always used to enjoy going to them, as Forbidden Planet did as well. Um, and um, back issues. I'm always a big fan of back issues in a comic shop. Yes. Uh, I, I, if they haven't got back issues, I'm I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice a nice cheap box of like 50p comics or something. It's yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And what, what about you? Is that the sort of thing you look for? Well, I know you. I, is it Huntingdon the one you go to? So there's a little place in Huntingdon called Niche Comics and Books, which uh, right. Gary Hill recommended to me, and you know. I sort of prefer going... It's not really a proper comic shop, you know, if they'll right. pardon the expression, but they yeah. do have comics. And they, um, but I prefer going there rather than, say, the Cambridge Forbidden Planet, just because Forbidden Planet's just such a huge chain of toy sellers now, it's it seems. It's sterile, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, now that Orbital is perhaps changing its model, I think Gosh in London might be one of my favourites because it has upstairs yeah. you've got that nice sort of independent feel to it they've got the yeah. small press stuff and then it's Dan's... a sort of graphic novel thing as well isn't it upstairs yes. so they've got the big the table books and the stuff, stuff like that, that gets yeah. people in from Soho and yeah. then downstairs you've got like the you know the latest monthlies plus the back issues so and it's a and bit more and still some wall books as well so yeah. they've still got the sort of expensive back issues of what is you know currently hot you know the Kirby Fantastic Four on the wall behind yeah I like that as well yeah yeah yeah, I think um, the staff play a big part of it as well. I think sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I remember I used to go to a comic shop when when I was at boarding school in Ipswich, and uh, um, I used to, it used to be my big exciting day to go down to the comic shop. And I remember hanging about in this comic shop for hours every Saturday, and the dude never spoke to me. Right. But he was always stoned, and it was one of those classic old comic shops. And I was like a fourteen-year-old kid, afraid to afraid to speak to him because he, you know, probably just bite my head off. And uh, uh, in it actually, actuality, I really enjoyed that shop. I like going in there, you know, overhearing people talking about comics, which is something we never used to get. Now it's in our ears all day long, isn't it? Yeah. I have been in a comic shop where I, I, it just looked like it was a place that the owner went to every day to play video games and he didn't want to talk to anybody, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I was in, you know, I was in Air in Scotland and I, there was oh, a right. tiny little comic shop there, but uh, he was very chatty and very knowledgeable and, you know, happy to make recommendations, but without being too pushy, you know. It yeah, was, like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's nothing worse than someone chasing you around a shop trying to get you to hold a trade paperback because so, they've read on some TED talk that if you hold it, you're likely to buy exactly. it. Exactly. If they get it in the <laughs> customer's hand, you'll think you'll buy it off them, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I see the other side of it a bit because I do all the conventions for Nobrow and... Uh, there's there's a fine line between being pushy and being enthusiastic, I think. You know, yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, interesting stuff. I look forward to listening to the Awesome Comics podcast about that. It's uh, the guys from Strange Apparitions. Um, oh, oh you were talking about that recently. Yeah. yeah. 
great little great little shop in weirdly in a garden center and where's um, that in it's uh is it yardly i can't remember the name now the place sorry i've got it in front of me but it's strange apparitions i think they're mainly on instagram if you look them up on there but right. uh it's a really it's a strange it's a strange business model because it's in a garden center which is hugely busy yeah uh, and it's next to they've obviously opened sort of thought oh let's do a little indoor market it's next to a huge record shop as well uh oh, it's, okay. it's kind of cool yeah and it's a little, little bit of an open space he's going to do signings out and stuff yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting model yeah it, it it cheered me up a lot more than being in orbit we'll put it that right. way okay yeah. good yeah we like to go to comic shops to cheer us up not that we can get to many now but yeah yeah exactly okay yeah. but those days will come again yeah and good. if you google never iron anything we'll find your blog and your podcast uh Thank you, and all that stuff and i'll put it in the show, show notes tony great fun as ever good stuff man we've yeah, had really a morning good. of talking about varied comics and kickstarter and comic shops um it's not too yeah. bad is it no it's not bad is it not bad at all yeah good stuff thanks man thank you tony and thank you to everyone for listening to mega city book club uh find all the details megacityboookclub.com follow us on facebook twitter instagram spotify and email mcbcpodcast.com the music is called Circuit Breaker by the artist RoboDub. And thanks to Brian from the British Invaders podcast for technical support and hosting the episodes. And that's it, Tony. Until next thanks, time, man. when we're passing judgment on another great book, goodbye from me and... It's goodbye from me. 